this is the cancer that's really the silent killer. There are no distinct signs. There's very little that you're going to jump out of your chair and run to the doctor because you feel something. That's Susan Evans, and she's my guest today on I Had Cancer. Thank you for tuning in to the I Had Cancer podcast, produced in partnership by iHeartRadio and Allegheny Health Network and hosted by Pittsburgh's Bonnie Diver, a cancer survivor and patient advocate for over 15 years. Today, we're talking to Susan Evans, who is with us with um, the I Had Cancer podcast. So I had cancer, you had cancer, but yours is a little bit different. I had the popular girl cancer, breast cancer. You had ovarian cancer. Tell me a little bit about how that all came about. Right. I did have ovarian cancer, and it started out with a swollen ankle. I had a swollen ankle for six months, and I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and no one could figure out why. They gave me all kinds of things to do and wear elastic stockings and shoe inserts and go to the chiropractor. And finally, they decided, oh, you have a blood clot. And the swollen ankle is being caused by the tumor pressing down and then make blood clots and the swollen ankle. And so luckily... It's, it it's hard to say luckily yeah. when you're you're right. talking about a cancer diagnosis. Right. But but again, you know, you're seven years out. I'm 16 years out. And we start looking at those things that are along the way that say this helped to lead to this. And thank exactly. God that happened. Exactly. Because this is the cancer that's really the silent killer. Yeah. There are no distinct signs. There's right. very little that you're going to jump out of your chair and run to the doctor because you feel something. Right. There's not like a lump that comes Mm-mm. up. Like, you know, I found a lump for breast cancer, but... That doesn't happen for ovarian cancer. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So so it was a blood clot from the ovarian cancer mm-hmm. that went to your leg, and that's why you had that swelling. Exactly. And so did they do a screening, uh, like a total body screen, to see what was going on for that blood clot? They did a test in the hospital and said, you know, you have blood clots and then this and that. Oh. And then uh, they did a scan. They did a CT scan. Mm-hmm. And Now, are you a real active person? I mean, you, were you teaching? You were, you were a retired No, I was retired okay. at the time. And so I still was very active, though. This was caused from the cancer. Right. I often said to my doctor, all these drugs that are on TV, don't you think maybe I should take those blood clot mm. um, drugs? And he said, no, because yours weren't caused by that. Mm-hmm. He said yours were different. Yeah, interesting. So 2.5 centimeter... Tell me, you know, for someone saying, how big is that? What stage did they put you at? I that guess was, that's always the big sure. thing about ovarian, right? Sure. It was stage 3A, so okay. that was better than 4. Yeah. I would have liked it to have been 1, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was 3A. And the doctor came in and gave full confidence. He walked in and he said, yep, you have ovarian cancer and we're going to take care of it. Good. And from that point on, I felt totally confident right. in Dr. Krivak. He mm. gave us the confidence. I was pretty sure I wasn't going to die. He was the expert. Awesome. He said it was going to work out, so I trusted him. Good. Yeah, words matter, right? It, they certainly do. Yeah, and that's so important about your doctors. And so you love Dr. Krivak, and you've been following him for the last seven years. Right. And you're going to find him no matter where he is. I am. Send him a birthday some... card and your cancerversary cards and exactly. everything, right? Exactly. It's awesome. So, so ovarian cancer. Did you get all your stats and everything on that? You know, I mean, it's it, it's hard to find at stage one or two. There are no testing or screenings exactly. that they have for ovarian cancer. Right, and uh, a lot of times it's just the. The typical way they say of finding it is usually bloating or some bleeding or a pressure that doesn't go away. And if you have that going on, you need to go into your doctor and say, something's not right. This has been going on for the last two, three, four weeks. Find out what it is and, and you know, let your 
you know, just keep pushing, right? Right. And that's what I, I speak to groups. I've spoken to about 150 groups um, yeah. so far in the last three or four years. And that's the one thing I tell the women. Don't think you're being checked for this when you go to your yearly exam because you're not. Right. They do a pap smear, right? right? And it's like, that is that's not, not what that's it. for. Not, not at all. Right. And you have to ask questions and you have to keep asking. And I know a lot of us, a lot of women do not like to question doctors. Well, they're, you know, that's their business, that's right? right? That's right. That's yeah. right. It is. And and I'm not one of those because I drove my doctor crazy. Good. Um, you I, got to. I you ask, want your doctor to know who you are. When they see your name coming up on the schedule for the day, oh, there's Sue. She's coming in and we're going to see what's going on with her. And Or you want your doctor to wake up in the middle of the night and say, I think I'd like to try this for her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you need to ask questions. You need to ask mm-hmm. what those words mean. Yeah. At one point, I asked the doctor to please draw me a picture. Good. And he said, do you think I went to art class? And I said, I really don't care if you did or not, right. but draw me a picture because I don't understand what you're telling me. Yeah, it's so important. And that's that's being the empowered patient. Exactly. And you have to be. Yeah. You have to make your own decisions. Um, this book I wrote with Dr. Krivak, mm. Don't Write the Obituary Yet. It, it, <laughs> that's the name of the book. That's the name don't of the book. Don't write the obituary yet. yet. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, it it points out you have the right to make your own decisions, choose your own hospital. If you don't like your doctor, there's plenty of other ones. Mm-hmm. Go find one you do like. Yeah, and that you can communicate for with everybody. Right? Exactly. That's right. And so, um, so your story. So they did surgery and then chemotherapy. Correct. I had six treatments of chemotherapy, one every three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when I was done with that and thought I was done, and I was very excited about that, mm-hmm. he then told me, you're going to do 15 more weeks of Avastin, which okay. is another chemical, mm-hmm. one every three weeks. So that was another 45 weeks. Well, Avastin is the, is the ovarian cancer drug, right? Right. right. Yeah. And, and so here you are. Here I am. I went through the blood clots. I went through months of Lovenox treatments for the blood clots. Yes, here I am, and I'm healthy, and I'm running around, and um, I'm fine today. I do one day at a time, and right. I'm fine today. You look great. Well, thank you very much. Right. And, and you have lots of energy, and you know, and you're doing well. And so they did the surgery. They took those guys out, right? Right. They said, you don't need those anymore, right? right? Yeah. Right. And, and the appendix <laughs> yeah. came out, too. Oh, While okay. they were there, they said, you don't need that either. Well, all right then. Anything else you want in there? That's fine, you know. So, all right, good. So, did they do a genetic test? I'm wondering on you. When I was diagnosed and had my surgery, they weren't doing genetic testing on every patient. However, afterward, about a year and a half to two years afterward, then I was called in to do a genetic test. Right. Now they're getting everyone. Right. And for I had, ovarian. Right. Right. And I had I did not have the BRCA gene. I didn't have anything. So I know. Well, and and again, it's so difficult to find the ovarian cancer and so you want to say what can I do or what are my risk or where am I in this whole picture and so um, I know that that so for breast cancer back when I did it and I was 46 at the time I had to ask about the genetic testing Mm -hmm. and they were like oh yeah that's the guys down the hall and so we did the genetic testing I did not have BRCA1 or 2 if I had I would have been more proactive and said that increases my chance of ovarian cancer by 40 percent right and so get rid of those guys. I don't want them anymore. Mm-hmm. But there are things that can help you to decrease, you know, that, that say what what puts you at risk or what keeps you a little bit more away from the risk. And so do you know some of those things? Yeah. I uh, know yeah. what I do. One thing that keeps me away from some risks, I believe, is the doctor says you can come once a year. And I say, no, I'll come once every six months. Mm. And he says, we'll do blood work once every six months. And I say, no, we'll do it once every three months. Because I don't want any surprises. And he just looks at me and goes, okay, fine. Good. Well, that's really good. So they say that stage one, it's about 15% chance 
of somebody having stage one. And if you're going to have stage two, it's 70% curable. Or, yeah, 70% curable if you're stage two. Stage three, 40% curable. And stage four, 18%. Right. It really drops. It really does. And yearly, there's about 22,000 women diagnosed and about 14,000 die. The numbers are better for right. survival than it was, you know, 20 or 30 Certainly. years ago. Right. So they've come up with more information, more treatments, the Avastin, which is huge. You know, you didn't have to do radiation, thank no. heavens, you know. But you're here. How, why are you here? Why am I here? I think yeah. I'm here. I was lucky. I had an excellent doctor. I okay. think that's one reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. I think another reason is I think God wanted me to stay here and get this word out. Because too many women know nothing about this. And so I've made this my mission that uh, we travel all over. We've gone to different states. We've been all over the place Mm. speaking to groups, raising money. Um, In about the last four years, we've raised about $156,000 with the sale of the books as well as donations, which will all be for education and research. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my new mission in life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm retired, but I guess I'm not retired. This is my new nonprofit job. That's your passion. It is. It is. And so people say, how? How do you go on to be a good survivor? So you have to be a good survivor by saying, I'm going to make something positive happen from something that's so negative. Exactly. And so like you, like me, we say, we've got to get the word out. We've got to make cancer regret. Right. They met us. my house. That's right. Right. Another thing that I do also is I mentor a lot of women who have ovarian cancer. Awesome. They will call me and want a hand to hold. They want to talk to somebody that's gone through it. Like a magnet. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, that's been very, very rewarding. It hasn't always been positive. We have lost that's a, a tough few. One. It is. Uh, but we also have some wonderful mm. outcomes, too. I know. I know. So if it, if, if it does come into someone's life, it's generally someone who is 40 years old or older. But it can happen at any age. Exactly. Um, two years ago, I was in Mayor Peduto's office. He gave me a proclamation. Mm. And there was a seven-year-old girl oh, who was an ovarian cancer goodness. survivor. Does she even have ovar- ovaries so, at that age? So my gosh. she had been diagnosed five years ago or when she was five years old. And um, it was something. Oh. She's in little and first grade. Fine, fine, just like any other little kid. Holy moly, that's crazy. And I notice on TV, we hear a lot of teenagers mm-hmm. now saying they had ovarian cancer at 19, mm-hmm. 17. Mm-hmm. So I think, unfortunately, it's There's getting to the younger. There's something going on. Right. There's something going on. But also, we are more aware and we're more open to talking about it. Certainly. So people know about it it's not it doesn't have a stigma i even i think another thing that's good you say how people really don't want to talk about this Mm -hmm. i every year i go to a middle school in erie pa and i speak to a group of middle schoolers Mm -hmm. who have been coached ahead of time have been taught about cancer and ovarian cancer and what i went through and they are the most wonderful group of kids they raise money for us Mm -hmm. and um, they have so many questions Mm. intelligent questions from middle school students. It's amazing, isn't it? Right. The more we get the word out, the more people are more comfortable. I know I speak to a lot of men's groups that maybe Mm. have two or three women in. And I always say, I know you men aren't too interested in this, but just listen up. Yeah, but for every man, there's Mm -hmm. probably a woman in their life, whether it's your mother, your sister, or your wife, or someone that, you know, we all know someone with cancer. And unfortunately, Pennsylvania is such a high rate state. Yes, it is. You know, I know that it's crazy for, for this area, especially for breast cancer and ovarian cancer, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's big. Yes, it is. So, so yeah, so what are you going to tell somebody who's listening who is maybe a husband or maybe a, a, a sister or wife or whatever? What, what do they need to know as 
someone who I care about someone and I want you to check out what's going on. What do you tell them? Well, I think uh, one thing that is an experience of my own, we have no family. Mm -hmm. So my support group was my husband. And I think if you are a relative, a neighbor, a friend, be there for them. You don't have to be in their house every day. I'd find food on my porch. I know, yeah. Uh, I'd find the church group would come. Um, You need to be with them. They need somebody to talk to. I'm I'm mentoring a woman now who is a factory worker, and God bless her, she has more energy than 10 people. If they would have let her go back to work three days after surgery, she would have been there. She's doing very, very well. But you need to talk. Find that normal, right? You do. This Mm -hmm. is your new normal. Right. Your old normal's gone. This Mm -hmm. is now your new normal. Yeah. Once you've been told you're a survivor, then you go, wow, I am different. Exactly. But you're better. You can be better, right? Right. Right. I love that. Mm -hmm. I know. And we find a way to, to make our life even more meaningful. Right? We do. Yeah. If you would have told me I was going to do this seven years ago, I would have thought, me? Yeah. No, no kidding. Right. right. I never dreamed I'd have cancer. Mm-mm. I never dreamed I'd start, uh, you know, doing these kind of things. When I was in the hospital every day, the cardiologist would come in and say, mm. now, do you have cancer in your family? And I go, no, we all die from heart attacks. Mm. And every day they keep asking. And I'm thinking, honest, I don't know why I'm here, because mm-hmm. if I don't have a heart attack, I'm in the wrong family. Right. But you got to make your heart stronger because you had chemo, right? Right. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you do your walking. That's right. You eat heart healthy foods mm-hmm. and you have a good attitude and don't let your heart, you know, right. sit there and be a weak muscle. You make it strong. That's right. Right. Good. We'll be a good survivor and good warrior, right? Right. Congratulations. Thank so you very much. much. It's Thank so great you. to have you here, Sue. That was Susan Evans, an ovarian cancer survivor, my guest today on the I Had Cancer podcast. Check out all of our inspiring survivor stories on the iHeartRadio app or at ahn.org slash I had cancer. If you'd like to be a guest on a future I had cancer podcast, send an email to I had cancer at highmarkhealth.org with your name and phone number. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not reflect the views or opinions of AHN, its subsidiaries or affiliates. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult your health care provider with any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition.